Years ago when I was working at Kettering Hospital, I worked in the radiology department. I've shared this story before, but it fits so well into this message tonight. In the radiology department, you know, we had magazines in the waiting room and so forth, but we also had um, out like in where we worked, there were magazines, especially like in the employee lounge, no, in our department lounge, magazines about radiology, you know, x-rays, things like that. And I remember one day picking one up and just began to read it. I found it interesting. A lot of it I didn't understand, but I began to read it. And it was uh, in this particular magazine, they were talking about a man on whom brain surgery had been performed. Now, the brain itself, amazingly, really doesn't have nerves in that you can operate on the brain while the person's wide awake. And in many cases, they do that. They numb the scalp and then cut the scalp and then peel it back. (laughs) Now, hang with me here. And then they they take this saw-like thing and they cut the... uh, the actual skull, and they just whoop, lift it up like a cap, and then they operate. And believe it or not, there's not a massive amount of blood loss. Well, anyway, this man was having this surgery, and he sitting up, because some of these surgeries they actually do when you sit in a chair. So he's sitting up, and I don't know don't remember what kind of surgery it was, but it involved electric probes. And they, the surgeon touched the man's brain with an electric probe. Instantly, this guy was reliving an event from his childhood. He talked about, oh my goodness, and, and I'm, I don't remember the exact words, so I'm kind of having to make this up, but he said, oh wow, what's wrong? What's, well, I'm like, Eight years old again. I mean, I see it. And it was a time that I was, it was a summer day, and I was standing out by the curb, and I was eating an ice cream cone, and he's describing the whole scene. The ice cream, the flavor, the the temperature, the cars that were parked. He, he was even remembering the license plate number on the car that was parked right there at the curb. And this really amazed the surgeon. So he began to move the electric probe to different places in this guy's brain. And he started remembering all kinds of things from throughout his life. Things that he had essentially forgotten. But they were there. And I have maintained for years that every event of your life is stored there in your brain. It's just a matter of accessing what has been stored. Many times, how many times have you smelled something and instantly you remembered an event that happened maybe 20 years ago? Oh, wow, there it is. Or you hear a song. or um, And have you ever had something happen and all of a sudden it triggers the memory of a dream you had? There, see, it's all in there. It's all there. All. It's all stored there. You just need something to trigger the recall. 
because it's there. One of the differences between, uh, you know, geniuses and normal people like us, they just simply have the ability to recall information and utilize it in sequential order. That's it. Because we all have access to the same information. Well, anyway, with that in mind, I don't know if you remember back the Friday night service of our 2019 conference. The uh, the pastor who performed the wedding for Kathy and me was here. His name is uh, Fred Wilson. He was the founder and pastor of Christ Life Sanctuary in Kettering. Just an outstanding man. Um, but he was here and I had him speak for a moment. And I don't know if you remember, but one of the things he said was that while I was on staff there at the church, I was constantly listening to tapes. Because back that's before CDs and MP3s and computers and all that. But I was constantly listening to tapes. Well, the tapes that I listened to was either the Bible or teaching tapes. And I had one of those cassette decks, like a little boom box in my office, and it had two uh, decks, you know, for cassette tapes. So you put one, you played the one, and, you know, it played forward, then it played reverse, then it played the next one and, and reverse. So you could just sit there and listen all day long, switch the tapes out, but that's what I did. And I, at that time, this was back when, you know, Kathy and I, we got married uh, February 6, 1982. And, uh, you know, we began our married life going forward in the Lord. Uh, born again, spirit-filled. Uh, she had never really been in church, and I had been raised in church, but backslid. But now here we are in this, it was a charismatic church, and I've been raised Southern Baptist. So... I'm hearing all kinds of teaching I've never heard before about the gifts of the Spirit, tongues, healing, faith. I mean, on and on it went. It's like, wow, this is exciting. So I began listening, listening to and reading all the faith giants, preachers, back in that day, back in those the 80s, which included Kenneth Copeland and Kenneth Hagin, Fred Price, Charles Capps, uh, Norval Hayes, I mean, just all of, all of the, the biggies, you know. And if they had a tape, I wanted it, and I wanted to listen to it. If they had a teaching series, I wanted it, and I wanted to listen to it. If they had a magazine, I wanted it, and I wanted to read it. If they had a book, I wanted it, and I wanted to read it. I mean, that's just the way it was. And so constantly, like, I would be eating my meals and reading their magazines. I'd be driving in the car, listening to the Bible, or listening to those teaching tapes. That's just how it was for me. Well, the other day, oh, I'm, I'm guessing maybe three days ago, four days ago, I wasn't even really thinking about this, but then all of a sudden, like the Holy Spirit began to bring it back to me. I was praying, and um, actually I think I was preparing for today. And He brought all that back to me, what I had done. Now, now this goes back... All the way back to 1982 and moving forward from that time. And he, he began showing me, that's not really the best way to 
present it, but he began explaining to me how that all the sermons and all that Bible that I'd listened to hour after hour after hour after hour after, I mean just hour after hour, that it is in me. It is in me right now. All of that teaching. All of it. And all that scripture. It is in me. Those years of listening to and reading, teaching and the Bible have deposited into my spirit a storehouse of truth that cannot be purged. They can be ignored, but they can't be purged. You know, the Bible talks about Satan comes to steal the word. He can't reach inside and take it. All he can do is try and create circumstances to get you to ignore it. But it cannot be removed. It's in there. All of it is in there. And that reservoir is in me waiting to be drawn from. It's there. And it's in there for you too. If you have been feasting on the Bible and on teaching. Now see, some people would think that I'm a little overboard on this. But I'm not. You know, in the business world, they tell you if you want to succeed, then you have to give it 100%. It's interesting how that particular concept people just accept in the business world. But when it comes to our spiritual growth, it's just kind of like whatever. You know, well, I go to church. Well, I praise God for that. But that's not good enough. And it's almost as though we don't take seriously what's happening when we just listen to the Bible. Just listen to it. I remember when I was a kid, uh, junior high school, and I had this, this little transistor radio operated by a 9-volt battery. I think that's what it was. And uh, back then, I mean, this is before FM radio. AM and the, the the two big stations here in the Dayton area were WHIO and WING. Fourteen ten WING. Well, WING was the the modern music station. They played all the hits, and I can remember at night I'd turn that radio on, not real loud, but enough to where I could hear it, and I'd put it under my pillow. And I listened all night long. All night long. And I distinctly remember one morning I woke up to the fifth dimension singing Wedding Bell Blues. And for years I could sing that song. Maybe not as good as Marilyn McCoo, but I could sing that song because in my sleep, those lyrics have been embedded in my soul. Now for us as believers, the more that we listen to teaching, and the more that we listen to the Bible, and the more that we read good teaching, and read the Bible, every single syllable is resting in you right now. Every single word, every sentence, 
every paragraph, everything. It's in you. And it will never be removed. That's part of what the Bible's talking about. Train up a child in the way that he should go, and when he's old, he, you know, he won't depart. That doesn't mean that they will lose their free will. It just means get it in them because it can never be removed. Never. As one of the best things that parents can do, you know, mom and dad, when, when mom's pregnant, you know, put headphones on the tummy and play the Bible. When that baby is in that crib, play the Bible. It may sound foolish, but it works. It works. Look over in Mark chapter 4. And when the Holy Spirit was ministering to me about that, it's kind of like I knew it, but Him reminding me of it, it just gave it a fresh awareness. And uh, it helped me to understand more about why I am the way I am when it comes to teaching. How that all that teaching that I heard and all that scripture, the Bible and so forth that I've heard, it has helped to mold me into my calling. Now, if I had been called to be an evangelist, well, it would have helped to mold me into that calling of evangelist. In Mark chapter 4, look at this. Mark chapter 4, verse 14, Jesus says, The sower soweth the word. The sower soweth the word. The sower soweth the word. Now, very simply, if you want to be a sower, you have to sow the word. No exception. No exception. And we read things like this and we kind of skip over them. It's like, okay, sower, sower the word. Uh, next verse. Next chapter. Next book. But God's trying to get something across to us. The more that we understand the capacity of the human mind, the more we're going to understand the value of sowing the word. Guys, listen, this may sound really weird to you. Every single sermon you've ever heard me preach is stored somewhere in your head. Now, you may not like that idea too well. I don't know. (laughs) But it's there. Every sermon that you've ever heard in this church. I mean, all of it is stored in there. Your brain is greater than any computer that's ever been built. You can store more information in your brain. You get, listen, you have, um, medical science tells us that things which happened while the baby's in the womb are stored in the, in the baby's brain cells. And so, <laughs> You have a lifetime of information stored in you right now. The sower soweth the word. The sower soweth the word. Now look over in Galatians chapter 6. Galatians chapter 6. Just begin here in verse 7. Be not deceived. God is not mocked for whatsoever a man soweth that shall he also reap. Okay, now Jesus just said the sower soweth the word. And now God is telling you, whatever you sow, that is what you're going to reap. He that soweth to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. But he that soweth to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. Now he's describing a process. 
if you spend most of if the if um, if a big chunk of the m- music that you listen to is not Christian based music, you're sowing to the flesh and it's messing up your life. You can say, "Well, no, it's not." Now, don't argue with me, man. Get, I've got the word for this. Now, it's messing up your life, whether you want to admit it or not. It is. Because he said, if you sow to the flesh, you're going to reap corruption. This is the word of God. Secular music does not sow to the spirit in a positive way. But then he says, if you sow to the spirit, you're going to reap life everlasting. In other words, everything about life that you sow to your spirit can then be reaped to produce life in your life. If that even makes sense. But then he says, in verse 9, And let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. Okay, all those years of putting in teaching and the Bible, whether it was reading or hearing, do you realize (laughs) in due season I'm going to reap if I don't stop, if I will keep pressing in? Do you realize that's you too? Because it's in you. It's in you right now. Now, some people say, well, yeah, but I just don't have a very good memory. I just don't. Every one of you in here a moment ago were saying, oh, yeah, you know, I, I, suddenly I remembered things that, that I had forgotten about. And all that. Every one of you in here were saying, oh, yeah, I remember. Yeah, that's happened to me, too. So it isn't that you can't remember. It's that there has to be a trigger to call forth the memory. You understand that? That's the difference. Now, th- this is, you know, goes into a whole lot of like therapy. You know, bad things happened in my, when I was a kid, and so I buried it deep into my mind, and then, you know, you end up in therapy, and, and then suddenly you start remembering all these things. Okay? That right there, even secular psychotherapy proves what I'm saying. Everything's stored in your mind. But the sower soweth the word. The sower soweth the word. Now, when he talks about in due season we'll reap if we faint not, when he talks about shall love the Spirit, reap life everlasting, okay, don't think in terms of I'm sowing all this teaching and I'm sowing all this scripture and the day's going to come and all of a sudden I'm going to remember it. No, not necessarily. What it means is you will reap the life of that teaching. You will reap the life of that word. The change will take place in you. It's not that you're going to start all of a sudden quoting Scripture like crazy. That could happen. But the reality is, you're sowing the Word, and and God's Word is life. So therefore, you begin to reap the life of that Word. You say, okay, well, how do I do that? I turn over to Proverbs chapter 20. Proverbs chapter 20. Give you a moment to to get over there. Proverbs 20. Take a look at verse 5. Now listen to this. Counsel in the heart of man is like deep water. But a man of understanding will draw it out. Well, I don't have to, I mean, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this, but what kind of counsel do you think he's talking about here? 
The counsel of His Word. I mean, when you read things about, you know, wisdom talks about giving us counsel and so forth. And, and Proverbs, just read Proverbs. It's in there. Counsel. Now, where is this counsel? Now, remember, we're looking at this from God's perspective, not a worldly perspective. And this is very prophetic relative to the body of Christ. He says, counsel in the heart of man is like deep water, but a man of understanding will draw it out. So, where is this counsel? It's in my heart. But I have to get the counsel before I can even begin to think of drawing it out. That's where the sower sows the word. So as I, the sower, am sowing the word, another way to look at that would be, I am sowing the counsel of God in my heart. And then he says, a man of understanding will draw it out. So it doesn't just happen. I have to do something to draw it out. So here's this counsel. It's like water in a deep well. I have to have in the natural a bucket that I can drop down in the well and then pull the water out. Meaning, it's not readily available to me. I have to draw it out. The water is not going to jump up out of the out of the well. You, you get the imagery here. And he says a man of understanding will draw it out. What does that mean, a man of understanding? A man who grasps this concept will do what's necessary to draw it out. Okay? So I've sown the word. The counsel is in my heart. It's like deep water. I want to be this man of understanding. I want to draw it out. But how do I draw it out? Well, look over in Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 12. And again, I'll wait for you to get over there. Isaiah chapter 12. Isaiah Chapter 12. Now look here in verse 3. Therefore, with joy shall ye draw water out of the wells of salvation. See that? Well, what's this water he's talking about? Counsel in the heart of man. It's like deep waters. Therefore, with joy shall ye draw water out of the wells of salvation. Okay, so we see two references to a person drawing water. It's an analogy, but drawing this counsel, drawing this wisdom, drawing this word, drawing this life, drawing this salvation out of this well. Now look in Proverbs chapter 18. Proverbs 18. Because this still brings up the question, I want to know how to draw it out. I want to know what I'm supposed to do. Proverbs 18, now look here, verse 4. The words of a man's mouth are as deep waters and the wellspring of wisdom as a flowing brook. My words, my words are as deep waters. My words. See that? Okay, it was in my heart. But now my words become as this wellspring. In other words, by virtue of my words, what am I doing? I am drawing this water out of the well and declaring this water or declaring this counsel or declaring these words. See this? I turn over to Romans chapter 8. 
Romans chapter 8. And in Romans chapter 8, look at this, verse 26. Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities, for we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit itself, the Holy Spirit, maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered, and he that searcheth the hearts knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit, because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. You see this? So then, how does he make that intercession? When I'm praying in the Spirit. When I'm praying in tongues, he's making that intercession for me. But where is it coming from? It's coming from my heart. My words that I'm speaking, that he is giving to me during this time of praying in tongues, it's reaching down on the inside and it's drawing on that well of all the word that I have sown, all the truth that I have sown. Through hearing it, through reading it, he's reaching down on the inside and he's pulling that forth and he's delivering it through me. And as I'm speaking this, I'm speaking the very life of that counsel into my life. It is according to the will of God. And I'm beginning in this process of reaping what I have sown. As I'm praying in tongues, this is how I start drawing this out. Now look over in John chapter 14. John chapter 14. And look closely the way Jesus has said this. Verse 26. But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things. Now look at this. And bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. See that? He can't bring anything to your remembrance if it's not in there to pull up. See that? So what we do is we give Him what He needs to work in us. We sow the Word, sow the Word, sow the Word, sow the Word. Then as we begin to pray in tongues, He's able, through our words, through that declaration, praying in the Spirit, He's able to use that to draw from the wells of salvation, to draw up that life, to draw up that truth, to draw up that transformation, to draw up that knowledge, to draw up that understanding, and our lives begin to change in such a way that we start understanding how to purge from us what needs to be purged, how to live according to righteousness, how to say no to sin every time we're tempted, how to live exactly the way Christ lived here in this world. But we have to give Him what He needs. We've got to sow it in our lives. This is how He puts us in remembrance. This is how He works with us to draw from those wells. Now, what does that mean for us? What it means is this. You've got to hammer the flesh. You say, well, how do I do that? What do you mean hammer the flesh? You have to listen to sermons of truth. Not just any old sermon. Listen... The sermons from here, from this church. Listen to Pastor Bronk Flint. Listen to, to Gary Carpenter. Listen to the, the teaching uh, sermons from Pastor Dave Roberson. I mean, just listen, listen, listen. Feed yourself and then listen to the Bible. Listen. And then read the Bible. In other words, sow, sow, sow. Keep sowing, keep sowing, keep sowing. And pray. Pray in the Spirit. And guys, I'm telling you, the change will come. 
It will happen. Because once you put it in you, then you begin, see, by your own works, you really can't pull all this stuff. I mean, you're not sure how to. But the more that you pray in the Spirit, you're praying according to the perfect will of God and the Holy Spirit. This whole thing about bringing you uh, uh, to your remembrance, it's not necessarily every single word, but it's bringing the life of that which is sown in you to the forefront. And you start living it. You start being it. It changes you. We cannot diminish the value of sowing the Word in us through sermons, through the Bible. And I am encouraging you, evaluate your life, how much Word you're sowing into your life. See, this is it's easy. It's very easy. All you have to do is listen. All you have to do is read. I mean, seriously. It's physically, it's not demanding. (laughs) And we can do it. Please keep this in mind. This is a part of going forward with God in revival. Take a hard, hard look at your life. Evaluate what are you listening to? What are you reading? I'm not, I'm not standing here and saying you can never listen to anything secular. I'm not, I'm not telling you that. I'm not saying you can never read a, a, you know, a good, clean, secular book. I'm I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is, the sower sows the word. Because that's what Jesus said. We can do this. We can see the change. And folks, I'm telling you, He says, if you'll do this and not get weary in the well-doing, the day's coming. You are going to reap. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So, 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 pray, 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 and reap, 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 reap. Praise God. All right, let's begin our prayer time. Praise God. We just had 30 minutes of the Holy Spirit drawing from the wells of salvation in our lives. Praise the Lord. Everybody stand.